Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, your number one sports podcast. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, coming to you once again live from the chilly city of Atlanta. In a weekend where Shohei Otani landed not too far from the Anaheim skies, LeBron James once again suns the Pacers, and both defending conference champions in the NFL fall in a very controversial manner, ATS is back to give you the real in sports. As always, and I say always, this is the, the, the norm these last couple episodes, our guest today, not really a guest, familiar face, Big Kev, love to have you on once again. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good. How are you? Well, can't complain, man. Can't complain. Staying, trying to stay warm up here in this 30-degree weather in Atlanta. But I'm sure like, that... I feel like when we run through these, we never ask you how you're doing. So that's why... I... <laughs> hey, I dealt with it for five, five six years, bro. <laughs> We're okay. <laughs> and there it is. As always, your host, the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Heat in five himself, June. We, did, we weren't here on Sunday. June had some engagements. How was that Beyonce movie, bro? Let's get into that for a quick 60 seconds. I'll tell you what, man. Change of plans. Sunday was just a long day. We'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> Say that. And, uh, I had to bring out the Red Sox hat because I know we're going to be talking about Otani. Um, we spoke about Verdugo. We spoke about Juan Soto. And I just I just felt like I needed to to include some some Boston Red Sox love. I like that. I like, I, like, I, like, I like the colorway on that hat. But, hey, let's get right into these defending conference championships falling real quick, real fast, very controversial manner. We'll start in the NFC because it still hurts to talk about the AFC. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone had them losing. I wouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people had them losing, but maybe not in this fashion. They go to AT&T Stadium and lose 33-13. to 13. Jalen Hurts, 18, out of 18 for 27, 197 yards. Dak Prescott, 24 for 39, 279, and two of those tutties. June, bigger loss for the Eagles or bigger win for the Cowboys? Um, I think it's a bigger win for the Cowboys. This is a game that the Cowboys knew they needed to win as far as playoff implications or having any shot at winning the division this year. The Eagles coming into this game were at a tough stretch of their schedule. Where they're in the middle of it right now. They still got to play Seattle next week. Um, and that should be a little relief knowing that Geno Smith probably won't start. But, um, you know, they, they had to play San Francisco and then the divisional opponent like Dallas, who's red hot on the road. We kind of figured they weren't going to beat both of them and they might not beat either of them. And that's what we mm. saw now. Um, it's it's okay for the Eagles. I think they're sitting at 10 and three now, right? Like you can't be too upset as a fan. It wasn't a promising loss. Like there was nothing really to take from that game and be proud of as an Eagles fan. There were three turnovers. Jalen Hurts didn't even throw for 200 yards. He fumbled himself. DeAndre Swift still hasn't been able to get it going late in the season. So it's a little discouraging. And then when you see Dak Prescott, on the other hand, going for, you know, 271, two touchdowns and, uh, CD Lamb, you know, not not getting his 100, 120 yard game, but you know, definitely able to to you know make an impact on this game. It's more promising, in my opinion, for the Cowboys to just come out and do what they've done constantly all season. It's beat teams at home. They're 15 and 0 in the last 15 home games, um, and they're beating guys by 20 points. So, super impressive. I hear that. I hear that. Like I said, I didn't really expect them to. I, I expected a little bit more of a of a game, quite frankly. It, it was for, I'd say, the first 18 minutes or so. And then Dallas just seemed to uh, to put their foot on the gas and kind of not look back. Kev, what kind of stuck out to you from this matchup and, uh, and the outcome of it? Uh, I think the thing that stuck out for me the most is uh, the Eagles – are missing something um, ultimately. I think, I think they'll be fine in the long run, but Jalen, they, they're missing. I think they're missing their identity. <clears throat> Excuse me. More than anything. Um, they were a run heavy team last year who was able to pound the ball and uh, really control the clock. And that's just, <clears throat> they seem to have switched to more of a, a pass first team this year. And um, I don't know that that suits them as well. And I know, once you pay the quarterback, it's tough to uh, 
you know, uh, put him out there and put him in harm's way when he's running the football. But when that's also the thing that makes him the thing, uh, you kind of got to go with that and, and keep that keep that moving until uh, until you can, until you can't anymore. Yeah, can you go I, real quick, no, EP. I, I just think that them getting away from the the run game is is definitely one of the bigger you know factors and and Jalen Hurts not being 100% as well like he's also just kind of not looked like the regular Jalen Hurts that we're used to and and I love the fact that Kev pointed out you know you are who you are and you you got paid the money you got paid for a reason I mean Anthony Richardson is going to come back off of season ending sur- uh, shoulder surgery as a rookie and I fully expect him and Jonathan Taylor to take over in the read option next year as well. Like, we can't, you know, just – you got to be a little cautious about certain things, but at the same time, you got to understand personnel and what you what your vision was when you drafted this guy or traded for this guy or signed this guy in free agency. And, yes, Jalen Hurts, as good of a thrower as he's become and as good as he's gotten year after year, he still, you know, started – as a what was it three star four star recruit dual threat quarterback and um that's what the league needs in philadelphia specifically so um it to me the eagles they're fine they're gonna go through the rest of this stretch with seattle coming up and then they got easy breezy you know giants twice cardinals once uh, and then i think they got another you know kind of tough game but uh yeah, I, I I don't I don't see I don't see this as a big loss for the Eagles. Listen, Ceedee Lamb going off and Jake Ferguson, man, in my opinion, playing like a Pro Bowl tight end again. In my opinion, not saying he is a Pro Bowl tight end right now, but playing damn near like a Pro Bowl tight end. The Eagles, I know I had a conversation with you earlier, June, uh, on the phone. They did drop to fifth in the NFC, but they do control their own destiny. They just got to win out, and they were more than likely win the division, seeing as the Dallas Cowboys have a bit of a touch, a, tougher, a tougher schedule coming up. Do you have a prediction as far as who will win the division coming down the stretch these last uh, four games, June? I wouldn't put my money on it. Again, I'm going to mention this every time. That division has no back-to-back winner in the last 20 years. And mm. so um, the way things look right now, I mean, yeah, Philadelphia is set up to win this division because of strength of schedule. You never know what the way things go. I'm going to say Philly wins the division, though. I, I'm not putting money on it. Ooh. Kev, you're still not ready to uh, put the MVP conversation in Dallas? You, you're still staying in Miami with it, Kev? I mean, one, Tyreek hasn't had his go at it yet. Uh, so we'll see tonight. I do love, though, that he gets Monday night to do it because people, if he has a great game tonight, people will forget what Dak did yesterday. Um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, until Tyreek does, to me, it's Tyreek's award to lose. And I know that doesn't mean much, you know, because I don't have a vote or a say or much of an influence over it. So, but in my opinion, if I did have a vote, it would be Tyreek's award to lose right now. I also wouldn't have a ticket on it, but, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. (laughs) All right. I got to take a deep breath for this one because I'm still a little emotional. We'll take it over to the AFC, arguably game of the week, if not the game of the week. The Bills take a trip over to Arrowhead. We spoke about this game on Thursday. I said, hey, big game. In the group chat, I said, hey, I wouldn't put my money on my team. Bills got their back against the wall right now, and they absolutely need this win. Biggest game of the season. And by God, they came out victorious to the tune of 20-17 to in Arrowhead. We'll get to the controversial calls more than likely right now, but Josh Allen, 23 of 42, which you don't really see to, you, you in Bill's successful games. You don't see Josh Allen throw as much as he threw yesterday, but 23 out of 42, 233 yards, the nine game. Well, the eight game before yesterday is now a nine game stretch of one interception. So that is still good money. If you're rolling over Josh Allen interceptions, Patrick Mahomes, 25 for 43, 271, a touchdown and a pick. Josh Allen did have a touchdown as well as that pick. I guess we just get into it. Just just get into it. Last week, we saw a controversial call in Arrowhead. No P.I. 
this week we see another controversial, and I put the quotes out there because me and June spoke about this as well. It's not as controversial as everyone's making it out to seem. The rules are the rules. Kev, how do you feel about this Tony offsides that potentially, potentially, definitely cost the Chiefs the game? Listen, I've, I've seen a lot of Chiefs fans be very woe is me on uh, on Twitter. And if I could just remind them about not only this season and the, oh, here the, we luck, go. Here we go. the luck that they've had this season with calls going their way against the Jets, Talk against the Dolphins. But let's also take a look back to the Super Bowl where the refs didn't let them play it out at the end of the game. They called the foul the foul. And so uh, I think in those situations, when it's a clear foul, like they said after the game, when it's very clear and he's very clearly lined up offside, uh, you got to call it. And uh, Mahomes is right in where he says it had no impact on the play. It didn't. But the rule's the rule. Um, and, you know, whether you line up two yards offside or half an inch offside, you're offside. And it's your job as a receiver, especially, to make sure that you're onside. That's the first thing that you see receivers do when they get to their spot is look over and give a thumbs up to the referee, make sure that he's onside. And Tony didn't do that. And I think a lot of Mahomes' frustration wasn't really with the officiating, but it was with the receiver group because they, I believe, lead the league in drops, um, drop passes, and uh, they're struggling right now. Anybody, anybody not named Travis Kelsey is struggling to do anything. And that's made it a little bit easier, I think, for teams to key in on Travis Kelsey because they'd rather ha- throw it to Tony or throw it to Marcus Valdez-Scantling because they might drop it. So, uh, so yeah, I think, you know, I think, I think it was – they had to call that in that situation. You got to call it, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, the, the – I don't – if there's one fan base I don't feel bad for – when it comes to the referees making a call, it's the Chiefs. So, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. I do share the same sentiment with you that the Pat Mahomes' biggest gripe needs to be with his receiving core. I don't think that he should have been yelling at his head coach Andy Reid um, due to the mistakes that his receivers are making. I think that you should be yelling at your receivers for. I mean, we're in week fourteen now. You can't be making these stupid non like June likes to say non-serious football plays like you just can't do that let's be f bffr as they say you can't make these you he didn't even look at the line like at the line judge like you you, you know typically every time you line up like yo am I good yeah we good all right let's go um the the refs did speak post game and said listen when the motherfucker he didn't say motherfucker but when the guy is on the line to the point where he's impeding our view of the ball you got to call it you got to call it. June, how you feel about it? I, I mean, I know how you feel about it, but how you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was going to say, like, I think it's it's pretty evident why Kevin and I have such chemistry. I mean, we think alike, you know, and, and <laughs> what did I tell you? I called EP earlier, and I was just like, man, like, I got home from work. I was – no, I got home from work. I went to the gym, and um, I see NFL Live is on, and, and I just – keep hearing Patrick Mahomes at the press conference, man. And it was just like, you know, this was last night. I get it. And, you know, we as fans cheer for our teams and our losses hurt. So I can only imagine, you know, if you're the star player of the team, how bad a close loss really could hurt. When When you had victory in your hands on a great, great play, like we must emphasize how great of a play and how headsy of a play that was by Travis Kelsey to make something out of what was not much. They set themselves up with that play already. And he said, no, we don't want three. We want seven. Let's go get, uh, let's, let me flip this ball to Kadarius Tony. Like we're playing NCAA, you know, Oh nine. Like, so shout out to Travis Kelsey for being who he is. Um, he's still going to make the hall of fame, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. He, 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 he said, this is going to impact his legacy and, and all this. So my thing is, the Super Bowl, right? That's what Kev said. And, and not to just beat a, beat a dead horse, as they say. But, yeah, I mean, you got to make the right call at the at any given moment. Like, the, the refs are not trying to 
you know decide the games and we've spoke about this ep week in and week out how sports have an officiating issue i don't think i'm mad at the ref after this uh you know it's 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 the receiver's responsibility he's getting paid millions of dollars to double check that he's set right catch the ball when it's thrown to him remember his route tree remember the play call and when you when you're not doing those things, but then turning, you know, like Kadarius Tony hasn't come out and blamed anybody. I haven't heard him super frustrated. I think he's taking accountability as far as what he did because, as Kev said as well, it's blatant. He was offside. The ref has to make that call ten times out of ten. Um, Dan Orlowski pointed out the fact that he had lined up offside at at least four other times in the game and it wasn't called so i could see the frustration on well why is it called now but that's not what you what you're supposed to say what you're supposed to say is why wasn't it called then if it's a call if it's something that's illegal it should be called every single time no matter the circumstance it's not the nba where you know the ref has a lighter whistle with two seconds left and a guy is driving to the lane you know that's a little more discretionary letting people play through, but you don't play through offsides. You don't play through defensive holding, and you certainly don't play through uh, pass interference. And that's literally what the Chiefs were upset about in the you know uh, Monday Night Football loss against the Packers where they felt they were cheated. The ref wasn't going to – he what, what did the ref not want to step in at that moment? No, there's a call to be made, and the refs made a mistake. I think the refs got it right here. And for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to kind of like say it's an embarrassment to the NFL, worst way to end a game, shouldn't let the Patrick Mahomes literally said, well, I saw the picture and it is, I mean, maybe it is a little bit offside. <laughs> Cut the clip. All right. <laughs> that's, that's it, bro. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, uh, Travis Kelsey, man. Shout out to you. Like June said, you'll be in the hall of fame one day. I did express my feelings to June last night in a very emotional state. Um, I didn't reply to his reply because I just didn't, I, I didn't want to explain anything. I, I didn't know what my emotions were at the time. <laughs> this morning, I had to think to myself, and I'd say the Green Bay game and this game, looking at Travis Kelsey's demeanor, and maybe, honestly, losing four out of the last six, and all four of these losses, and probably at least five out of these six games. So even even for one of those wins, Travis Kelsey's demeanor doesn't look the most optimistic. He's very kind of just going through the motions at times because he obviously probably feels like he has to carry the team and do everything for the team. He, he can't catch every ball that's thrown. He can't throw the ball. I mean, he can. We saw that last night. Beautiful spiral, by the way. I got to add that in there. That shit was... Look like a... Look like a like a notebook out there. Lost, they got to pass the quick, the quick release, hey, June, too. You guys lost, too, but we're not going to get to that, all right? Relax, relax, all right? Relax, all right? He's still but emotional, it, guys. <laughs> but it does look like Travis Kelsey may not be a Kansas City Chiefs for much longer. I, and I, I will actually go on record today, December 11th, on saying that. It, 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 the... We'll take him over here, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's not going he's, to Miami. He's in, not, no, not over here. Over over there. Or Julius. Oh, over there. I, there. I see you. I see you. Yeah, yeah. That could happen. I, I just don't know. He I hope he doesn't. Passes I, hope he from eight. I hope he stays. I hope he doesn't dip, but it just doesn't look too good. It doesn't look too good. Uh, Kev, since you're chiming in, what are your thoughts on that? On Kelsey going somewhere else? Possibly going somewhere else. I don't know. He just doesn't look... Doesn't look... He's I like. Don't... You know, you know what Drake said. Moment, I'm not having fun with it. I'm done with it. You know, he doesn't look like he's having fun right now. I don't think he'd leave. Uh, Imagine not never... having fun leading your division at eight and four with Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback for the next ten years. I'm you. Oh, I mean, for sure. When the Denver Broncos are on your heels at this point, when they were six games behind you, I let's bring up another AFC fun. West team, the Raiders. What's their slogan? Just win, baby. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think I got nothing for little hat in the Chargers. <laughs> uh, I don't see Kelsey going anywhere. Um, 
he seems like the type that's going to stick it out there. Unless it gets really bad, which I don't see happening because they do have Patrick Mahomes locked in. So uh, I think I think they'll be fine. I mean, they just won a Super Bowl. How much fun can you not be having? Really? It's, it's not. It's never fun when you're like losing. But come on, bro, you're dating Taylor Swift, and uh, I mean, you just you're off a Super Bowl, and your team, like you said, is leading the division. You're gonna make the playoffs, like. It's a. It, I feel like the Chiefs go through this type of stretch every year. Like when they, when they, they, they have these ugly wins coupled with like a couple losses, and then people are like, "Is Mahomes?" It's like what they used to do with Brady. Like Brady would go through those stretches of like a couple, couple ugly wins with a couple bad losses in between, and people are like, "Is Tom Brady finally falling off?" And then he comes back in the playoffs, and it's like, "No, I'm still here." So. I think I th- I still like if I had to bet on somebody to win the AFC today, I'd still go with uh, Kansas City until no they show me otherwise. No way! Um, wow! Kev, I, I I respect your decision. Wow! However, just you know, wow. I, I, I also I also want the best for you, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I mean, we could have a whole different conversation as far as the best team in the AFC. But um, no, I don't know. If, not they're not the best team. I, in the I understand. AFC. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that's your point you're making. But uh, I do believe the best team in the AFC, you know, is going to win the AFC. Is going to be the number one seed in the AFC. And let's get to that team who survived an overtime thriller with the Los Angeles Rams this weekend. The Rams took the Baltimore Ravens to overtime in Baltimore. Not sure how that happened, but it happened. OBJ looking like himself once again. Four receptions, 97 yards, nice little 46-yard touchdown, hell of a catch. Matthew Stafford, 23 for 41, 294, three of those tutties. Lamar Jackson, 24 for 43, 316, three tutties and a pick. Baltimore, ugly win or pretty loss for the Rams, Drew? I don't want to talk about the Rams here because there's nothing much to it. I mean, we had a good vintage, you know, Cooper Cup game with 115 yards and a tutty. Puka Nakua is really the story over there in L.A. who's just week in and week out balling. And then I I quickly want to give a shout-out to Kyron Williams for being able to put up uh, 115 rushing yards on that uh, Baltimore Ravens defense. I mean, this is, in my opinion, the best defense in the league. So, it, it was it was definitely a, a sloppy kind of game for the Ravens. They were letting um, a lot of these things that they predicate their defense on and on stopping. Um, they were letting all that happen. And, I mean, letting Stafford go for three touchdowns and damn near 300 yards while also letting up a 100-yard rusher, that's like that's like so far from what the Ravens are, are set out to do on defense. However, what's impressive is that they were able to win this game. Right, they were still able to come down. Lamar Jackson, we gotta point out the clutch factor, right? Like he brought that team down less than two minutes. He had 315 yards himself with three touchdowns and interception, and he was able to put that ball in the end zone and get a two point conversion, uh, you know, to to send the team to uh, overtime. So the Ravens winning this game to me says a lot. Because, no, the Rams technically shouldn't have, you know, made it a 31-31 overtime thriller necessarily. However, it shouldn't have been up at the half either. That's true. But good teams go through adversity, right? They're not playing a horrible team, I must say. Like, the Rams are no pushover. This is not the 2022 Rams. And the 2022 to 2023 Rams is night and day, in my opinion. Sean McVay, there were rumors that he'd, like, quit coaching or uh, is this Stafford's last year? He's hurt. He already, you know, uh, won the Super Bowl. This, that, and the third. And for them to come back knowing that they are not necessarily playoff ready as it stands right now and Stafford is just going to continue to to be that gunslinger, that, that, that tough quarterback and leader in the locker room, is just impressive. So – yeah, credit to the Ravens for for finding a way to slip this one out, you know, on all three phases. They had a decent game on defense, nothing to be too proud of, but uh, offensively and on special teams, you got to give credit to. Kev? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, the Rams are. I said it coming into the year. I thought the Rams would be uh, much better than they were last year, um, and I think they've shown that they they had a good win over the Browns last week. So this isn't like a like June said. It's not a they're not a pushover type team. They're. I think if Green Bay does end up losing to the Giants today, then they're tied with them record wise for that last spot in the NFC. So they're right there in the playoff picture with uh, with everybody else. But uh, yeah, I think. I think the Rams are, are a pretty good team, but Baltimore is uh, – it's the same thing like I just said about Kansas City. Like, there's there's going to be – it's football. There's, there's games that you come out – Detroit just lost to Chicago. Uh, there's games that, you know, you're, you are you might be the, have the better team, but it only takes one one game or one, one – takes one quarter, one play sometimes for you to, to lose a drop a football game. So, um, the Ravens were on the right side of that one play yesterday. And uh, I think so far they've been one of the uh, best teams in football. And Lamar is uh, doing a great job. And I think Odell is also starting to get back into a rhythm. That route he ran apparently was the wrong route. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he got out of the way he cut up field and got out of that break. I was like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, it did look like he stumbled, was looking for the ball for a second. Very interesting, very interesting. Kev mentioned that it only takes – one quarter to drop a game in the NFL. Well, it took the Chargers four quarters to score once this week, and they lost 24-7 to to the Denver Broncos. Woo! The Denver Broncos took it to L.A. once again. The Chargers are 2-5 and five at home, not looking very pretty. Justin Herbert broke his index finger in the game, and I'm sure Brandon Lil had Staley was, wasn't like, oh, my God, my quarterback. He was probably more so like, oh, my God, my job. Because it's not looking pretty, especially when you no longer have a quarterback. The Chargers look crazy, man, because they had the opportunity. I mean, most teams had the opportunity to do so, but there was only a couple teams that Sean Payne was interested in coaching at. And (laughs) he wanted to go to L.A. He wanted to coach Herbert. It's very well documented. He was working for, you know, a network in Los Angeles already. And it seemed like he took, you know, the lack of communication between him and Los Angeles personal. And Russell Wilson threw a couple, a pair of touchdowns. I don't want to spend too much, too much on this game because I feel like we talk about LA. This is day, I don't know, day what of Brandon Staley still having a job soon. We don't want to keep count, but he still has it. He's definitely still has it. Yeah. I, I, you know, just to chime in real quick, you say Brandon Staley's probably like, oh no, my job. I'm, I'm thinking Brandon Staley's like, well, now my quarterback's hurt. They can't expect me to win at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know. If, if this so, was week two or three, you might have yeah, a right? Yeah, you got too much time, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for this game, honestly, I just want to give credit to the to the Broncos, man. Like, starting this season one and five, it reminds me of the Colts in 2018. And they started that season one and five and ended up making a playoff spot just by, you know, facing adversity right, you know, right up in its grill and and coming out with wins and doing what they got to do. Since, you know, that 1 and 5 start, Russell Wilson and these Broncos have been on a tear and uh their winners, I think they're like winners of 6 of their last 7 if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh Sean Payton, it, it shows what what good coaching could do and I know, you know, Jets fans <laughs> Kev specifically might feel a way about Mall Cop, you know. Uh, Sean Payton over there, but hey, we beat him. I don't care. At the end of the day, he's a good coach, and I think that's kind of being showed to us. Uh, this team in Denver has a really good defense, and Russell Wilson is one of the better game managers in our game. Uh, I must say, talking about that Justin Herbert injury, this has to be the year of quarterback injuries. Like, if your quarterback didn't get hurt, is your team even good? So, Facts. But <laughs> but uh, one more thing on this game, or one more thing on this game is that Cortland Sutton, you know, is at 58 receptions, 599 yards, and 10 touchdowns. This is his first double-digit touchdown having season. I think he's eligible for Pro Bowl talk. Um, so it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see him get that nod. Um, and Denver's schedule going forward is very favorable. I mean, they play the Lions on Saturday, the Patriots the Chargers, and then the Raiders. So, I mean, this is a very much 4-0 schedule 
you know, it's football. It's the NFL. I don't see them going four and zero. I think two and two is still a win for them, but three and one is very, very likely, um, and that would do them a lot of good as far as them trying to get in the playoffs. So, I, it's funny. I wanted to transition from the last game we were talking about into the Lions game because Kev mentioned the Lions. You brought it to the Denver game. But Denver plays Detroit in Detroit on Saturday, so I think mm. we can just go straight there. The Lions, are they going to continue to drop the ball? Are they going to continue to turn the ball over? Is Jared Goff who we thought he might be? Or is Jared <laughs> Goff going through some things personally that nobody knows or understands what's got him you know, losing himself right now? Because this is not the lose yourself of 8 Mile that we want to see right now in Detroit. We want to see... You know, the Aiden Hutchinson first pick of the draft, Jared Goff first pick of the draft, game manager of the year, you know, on Mon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs. What's going on with that defense? How did the Bears beat them? And God damn it, are the Broncos going to beat the Lions on the road this Saturday? I need answers, guys. Kev, can you please get this started? Uh, I don't think the Broncos win against Detroit. I think they, they come back in. I think they I think Detroit bounces back at home. Um I think okay. I know sometimes athletes go through things personally and it affects their play. However, I wish when people stopped playing well, we would start we would stop saying what are they going through at home? It's not always that. Sometimes you just got figured out. And sometimes defenses adjust and you just can't adjust quick enough to adapt to it. So it could be that. Um I don't, I mean, if he is going through something, you know, hopefully he can get that all. Listen, settled I, I, I don't care. And I no, I know. I just, I know, I know a lot of people say it. It's all, all like, is he going through something? We like, the fan want to know why you suck. Yeah. And like, is he hurt? Everybody at this point, if you've been playing since week one, you're banged up somewhere. And uh, if you're a quarterback, so, the chances are more likely that you're hurt. Yeah. And if not, are you even good? Ooh. So. <laughs> so uh yeah I, I do think Detroit bounces back though I think um you know I I think it's I think we're at the point in the like the middle of the season where the good teams are like the good teams who feel like they maybe don't have much to prove are like kind of taking their foot off the pedal a little bit and the teams who feel like they're in the middle of the season and they're like like the Cowboys who are like all right we gotta we gotta go out and win this game against Philly because if we lose it we're pretty much you know, nobody believes in us anymore. And um, so I think we're seeing just, I think we're at that point in the year where the good teams know that they're good. And, uh, but I think that's also what could separate winning a Super Bowl from uh, being a first round exit. Yeah. Hey, the, 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 the Lions have won three out of their last five, but I will say it's alarming because those three wins came by a combined total of 13 points. So they're letting people stay in the game. One of them, one of them was obviously that that uh, that Bears game that they had to come all the way back for. Yeah, to win. yeah. Point that out. It was the Bears. It was the Saints. And it was Lil. And it was the company. Chargers. Doesn't a good team <laughs> so, either. Yeah. I'm just saying. This this Lions team still, ha- like the jury's still out for them. And fair enough. Like honestly, we forget very quickly about the past in this league. And it's about, like, what are you doing for me now? Or what can you do for me in the future? What have you done for me lately? We know that. But this Lions team is coming off of, like, the worst franchise ever award for the last however many years. They've turned the page. They've gotten on this great, you know, coaching stride with Dan Campbell coming in and changing the culture, Jared Goff coming in and being Matthew Stafford's replacement. They're in, like, year two of this, right? So... We could cut them some slack when we still see them kind of failing to close out games or winning games by a small margin or letting teams maybe even come back like yesterday where the Bears came back down 18 and took the win. Um, That defense, frankly, is not a playoff. It's not a championship defense. So that's kind of going to be my question for them going forward. What are you guys going to do to adjust to these playoff teams? Because when it comes time to play, whether it be a Philly, a Dallas, um, or a – San Francisco, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I don't imagine they're going to play the Atlanta Falcons in the first round. So, couple, couple, couple questions to be answered for this defense. And listen, the last time they played at home, it was another primetime nationally televised game, or it was a 12, 
12 o'clock, 12.30 game. But it was on Thanksgiving versus the Packers, and they, they lost that game. So they're going to be in front of their home crowd for the first time um, until the, the last game of the season. So, And I think the same thing that we say for the Dolphins, we have to say for the Lions as well. It's I, I mean, I know they beat the Chiefs, but that was also without who's clearly now uh, their best option at receiver as, as if we didn't know that before. But now it's, I think, even more uh, the distance between one and two is even further apart than we thought in the beginning of the season. But um, that's their most impressive win is they went to Kansas City and beat them to open the year um, and really haven't done much since then in terms of the teams that they've beaten. They got smacked by uh, Baltimore uh 38 to 6 so it's probably the best team that's been on their schedule they did go into Lambeau and win that game by two touchdowns but that's early in the year I think the Packers are playing better football now and Packers just went into uh Ford Field and beat them so uh yeah I think I think same question that we asked about the Dolphins and the fact that they haven't really beat anybody worthy of uh playoff consideration is the same question that we got to start asking about Detroit I got a question for you all. In the year 2023, did we ever think that we would see a man by the name of Joe Flacco potentially about to walk into the playoffs with the Cleveland Browns? Because he did just outplay Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, bringing the Browns to 6-1 and one at home on a season, 8-5, and five, second in the division. Joe Flacco, three touchdowns, 26 for 45, 311 yards, did take a sack. Trevor Lawrence actually played through 50 times, completed 28 of those passes, 257, three interceptions, three touchdowns, four-point loss on the road. It's interesting when you look at these standings, I know the Bengals aren't in control of their own destiny at this point, but we could see all four teams in the AFC North in the playoffs at this point, right? Which is kind of... Crazy to me, especially with a man by the name of Joe Flacco at the helm since Deshaun Watson is not there anymore. Anything stick out to this game for you, June? I mean, Joe Flacco throwing for 311 yards (laughs) and three touchdowns (laughs) on the Jacksonville Jaguars defense in December is crazy. I'm going to say that. Um, I think he understands what he has with this team. David Njoku is is his guy, it seems. He's getting Cooper the ball. Like, the ball is spreading around. He's also uh, getting a little bit of help here and there from his run game, understanding that, you know, we know the Nick Chubb injury happened. And uh, all he has to do is kind of take care of the ball. He had one pick, but uh, he takes care of that ball and, you know, puts it in the end zone a few times, and his defense can do the rest. I mean, having Trevor Lawrence play was 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 gutsy from him after – we saw that ankle injury on Monday Night Football last week versus the Bengals. Uh, but him coming out and throwing three interceptions on this defense and that defense holding Travis Etienne to only 35 rushing yards, I mean, crucial. So Cleveland, they're in a good position. You know, they have a quarterback who been there, done that, you can say. They have a quarterback who um, understands what this team needs. And with time, I think that'll only get better. Now, am I saying, like, Joe Flacco's going to come in here and, you know, make make everybody's Christmas wish come true in Cleveland? I don't think so. But I do think he's certainly good enough, more uh, competent enough, and has the arm talent to be able to take the, the Browns as far as their defense will ride them. Pause. So, like, you know, if, if this defense can really st- show us, like, what the Jets are doing, I mean – We'll talk about the Texans in a second, but what they were able to do to Stroud physically and, you know, just schematically, it's it's pretty crazy. So uh, impressive win. Impressive win for the Browns to, to beat a, a playoff team like the Jaguars. You mentioned the Jets, Zach Williams. Zach Williams, wow. Zach Wilson oh, and that's company. Oh, respect on his he name. Play, he played like a Zach Williams. I'm not putting any respect on that man's name. I don't care what he just did this weekend. But 301 yards, too. two touchdowns, couldn't beat him. Losing 30-6 to six to the Houston – I mean, winning 30-6. to six. See, you're fucking me up right now, Kev. Winning 30-6 to six to the Houston Texans after he said 
he did not want to play anymore. He didn't say Kev, that. Nah, no one said he didn't say that, so I'm saying he did say that. Kev, what, what are you oh, taking shit. from this game? <laughs> uh, the first takeaway is how, how, excuse my language, how fucking good this defense is. Like the Jets' defense, what they did—they've done what nobody has been able to do to Stroud all season. And um, yeah, he looked. I did watch, by the way, and uh, the defense kept me in that first half because what they were doing to Stroud was pretty. Uh, I think he had twenty-six yards passing in the first half. Uh, so, and most of his—I think what, what did he finish with? Eighty something yards before he went out. Was it? 91 yards 91 so most of it came on their touchdown drive and a lot of that came on one play i think he threw for uh his longest pass was like 30 or 40 yards so um yeah just just did a great job all around yesterday on defense uh the run the pass did everything against uh against houston that you wanted to see and zach wilson i mean the way he came out and i think he's he said it before the game and you could see it is he's just going to go out there and he's going to have fun. He's going to have the most fun that he's had in his career. And I think they opened up the playbook for him in the second half a lot more, let him throw the ball downfield, let him get out of the pocket and get moving. And I think that really helped him get comfortable and go out there and just do his thing. And um, I hope to see more of that. I don't know that it'll change, you know, anything as far as the Jets making the playoffs. I, I think our, Playoff percentage is pretty low right now. I think it's 0.4, but it did go up from last week. Are we week. talking about Jets playoffs? Until until there's an eliminated next to their name, there's always a chance. Um so uh yeah, you know. We like um, having you on the show. Guys. Yeah, we do. We enjoy it. Listen, he did tell you know, he did tell did, DJ Reed, what's the worst thing that could happen? They benched me again, and he definitely played like he had nothing to lose. He definitely played like he had nothing to lose. Did the Phillies blow a, a seven-game lead with a week left in against the, to the Braves? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Gentlemen, the 8, 9, 10, and 11 spots in the AFC just outside of the playoffs looking in are all 7 and 6. Houston Texans, Denver Broncos, Cincinnati Bengals, Buffalo Bills. Before we move ahead, which one of those teams do you have most faith in getting into the playoffs, June? Can you give me the four teams one more time? Yeah, absolutely. Houston Texans, Denver Broncos, Bengals, Bills. <sighs> Listen, I, and it sounds crazy, but and, and I argued against this in a group chat or wherever I was probably last week. But I'm I, taking a look at their remaining schedule. I think that the Broncos can slip their way in there. Um, based on the way their defense takes the ball away from teams, based on the way they have a coach and a quarterback who has been there, and their strength of schedule. Um, I look at the Texans. C.J. Stroud might miss next week. You know, he has to pass the concussion protocol in order to uh, get out there. He also has to play the Colts again, and I know that he threw for 384 yards and two touchdowns versus the Colts in week uh say two or three was it but this is a new Colts defense and we're not going to talk about the Colts versus the uh Bengals because Jake Browning just showed us what Colts defense it was but I think it's fair to say everybody forgot how to play football on Sunday uh for the Colts and we'll revisit this next week when we when we you know talk about the Colts again but it's going to be tough for the Texans I'm going to give it to the Denver Broncos Kev, um, I mean, I would, I mean, I'd say Buffalo. Ooh. I think they're they're playing better football right now, and I think they're uh, based on their schedule. I know they have the Dolphins on there, but I don't think there's another game that's too tough uh, coming up for them. I think that was a big win yesterday. I think if they lose that game, they're probably done. But um, I think that that win can help, you know with momentum going the right way. So I think Buffalo will get into the playoffs. Monday Night Football doubleheader live right now. Titans at Dolphins, and we got the Packers at the Giants. Very early in the games. 
not much I want to get into with those unless you guys do. But I do want to know who you guys think will win each game. June. Yeah, I do want to point out the fact that I believe the Green Bay Packers will have an, have an amazing chance and will run the table. Coach LaFleur is Ooh. undefeated as a Packers coach in December. I just checked, no, not just, but I've checked the Packers schedule for the month of December. It starts now versus the New York Giants on Monday Night Football here on the road. By the way, they're missing Christian Watson, Jair Alexander, and Aaron Jones. I don't think that's a problem versus a team like the Giants. They then go back home. Remember, Lambeau Field, December. It's going to be very cold a week before Christmas to play the Buccaneers. I think they have a good advantage there. Then they go on the road Christmas Eve and play the Panthers. I think they have a good shot to win that one. Finish off the season with their last two games. One is going to be a primetime game Sunday night in Minnesota. And that Vikings team, with or without Justin Jefferson, in the last few weeks hasn't looked the same ever since that game that Josh Dobbs throws for four interceptions. This past week, they scored no touchdowns and tie the NFL record for lowest scoring game ever, uh, 3-0 versus the Raiders. They then finished the season against the Bears at home. So, again, I'm going to say that Jordan Love and the Packers, along with Coach LaFleur, are going to go undefeated here in January, or excuse me, in December, and that would leave them at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 6 on the season. And I'm not sure what implications they have or what they got to worry about for the playoffs, but I would assume that if they run the table, they have a really good chance of getting in. So knowing what's at stake, having Jordan Love as their quarterback and uh, and uh, being undefeated in December as Coach LaFleur is, you know, I like those chances. I know who you have winning in the other game because we already know how you feel about the Titans. So, Kev. Yeah, Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> Kev, Titans, Dolphins, Packers, Giants. Who you got winning tonight? Uh, Dolphins should win that game pretty easily. Uh, Monday Night Football, I think the crowd's going to be into it, especially they've got a first-place team that they can, uh, you know, jump on the bandwagon for in Miami because we know that things don't matter in sports down here until uh, the team starts winning. So, uh, they have that whole uh, Monday night thing going on. Uh, they'll probably win pretty easily. And then uh, I actually thought that you were going this way, Julian. When you started talking, I thought you were going to hit this with a swerve. But uh, I like the Giants tonight, actually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So since Because we're on the podcast. I know that we don't do shit for clicks and for views and we don't just say shit, but sometimes we speak a little more confidently, I'll say, because we're on the mic. Is this something you would put your money on, Kev? I did put it on Giants plus five and a half, wow. but I like them, I like them to, to win the game. Okay. And wow. in, 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 in gambling terms, did you, did you put a full unit on there or did we talking five? I put it, I put it in a parlay. So, all right. All right. Yeah. Very nice. My, Very my, nice. My, you know, I got a Giants fan in the background over here saying, "Why am I hating?" I'm not hating, man. Look, Tommy DeVito, he doesn't sell me. That's all. It is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you guys see? He got his whole family at the game. That was pretty dope. They they showed like the pregame tailgate, and he's got like 20 family members out in the parking lot. Like that's pretty dope, man. Yeah, you got to be they all you know, drove being together. from New Jersey, playing for the Giants. That's got to be a dream come true. <laughs> Oh, man. Listen, let's take it over to basketball. Like I said in the intro, LeBron, once again, faces the Indiana- Indianapolis. Woo! I said basketball. I stayed in football. Faces the Indiana Pacers and once again, you know, sat him on his lap and said, my name's LeBron James. Pause. That's crazy. Word to, to June's facial expressions. Hey, yo. The NBA in-season tournament was everything that... <laughs> I'm sure that Adam Silver wanted it to be. You got the one and the two in, in the in the final in the championship game. The Lakers did come out victorious. June, you should have put a ticket in because it happened again. 123 to 109. LeBron and AD won another championship. Is that is the AD that we saw the AD that the Lakers need to go farther this season? than they did last year. Yeah, put it like this. If they had that AD in the Western Conference Finals last year, we might look at a Heat 
Lakers finals. Like, that's how good Anthony Davis is. That's how much of an impact he can have on the game. The when he's not in the street is, clothes. The problem when he's not in street clothes. The problem is that he doesn't bring that game every game. And I love the intensity. I love, you know, him being, uh, I'm him, huh, Anthony Davis. Great. However, <laughs> however, you got to do this every day. You are an everyday starter. You are a all pro, all NBA level player. And we need to see this consistently week in, week out. Kev, what you thinking? Yeah, I mean, same thing. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. That's who they got in the bubble, right? It's like, this is the AD that they had all through the bubble in those playoffs was the guy who came and impacted every game and didn't matter who was guarding him, didn't matter who he was defending. He was the best, I, I think, was the best player on the court uh, for a lot of those games in, in the bubble. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think, I, well, not I think, definitely do. Like, that's the... That's the version of Anthony Davis that they need. He doesn't need to necessarily give you 40 and 20, but right. he needs to give you, th if he's giving you 30 and 12 every night and he's getting three, four blocks a game, I mean, they can easily get back to the finals. Now, what is, I, real also, quick, I, I, yeah, Kev, go ahead. No, I was just going to point out because uh, he said that you should have put a ticket on it because I have it again. That's what I mean when I say I would put my money on the Kansas City Chiefs if I had to pick somebody in the AFC. I, Mahomes has become the guy for me that I'm not betting against in football. Fair well, enough. if you did bet against him in four out of the last six games, he would have made some money. Listen, <laughs> Shohei Otani lands not too far from Anaheim, as I said. We said, hey, he may not go to the Dodgers because the Dodgers were, were a little bit too loud after the meeting, and Lord and behold, he ends up in L.A. I, June. I, yeah, I, I think... I just... With this tournament, right? It's 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 a great thing for the league. I enjoyed it, right? We were able to see the, the old guys versus the young guys in the championship, you know, if you will. Um, and I think that it's great for competition levels this early in the year do you guys respect this as a as a true championship do you guys respect this as something that the lakers should proudly hoist a banner up for and receive their rings with with a high energy they're getting rings for this no they, they got medals no they, they get rings i'll double check but go on. i think i think it was the medals that they got um, you want to go first, Steve? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I mean, if the laboring of the championship, then it's a championship. Who am I to say, hey, it's not a championship? I, it's you didn't you didn't get a chance to watch it, uh, June. But in Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp asked Al Pacino, "Yo, is that guy really a rat?" And then Al Pacino says, "Hey, he's a rat because Sonny Black said he's a rat. Who am I?" And and who am I to say it's not a championship? Definitely. I respect that a championship. Do you, Kev? Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm glad that we that you went back to this real quick and asked this question because I actually thought this earlier as far as the in-season tournament. Like, in 100 years, the in-season tournament is still going to be a thing and will be gone. But people who still watch the NBA, which I'm sure by that point it'll be bigger than it is even now, um, people who watch the NBA are going to respect that championship and that respect that tournament every year that is played. So, yeah, I, I mean, and to be the first, I think I think teams are people. Most people are mad that it's the Lakers. Because let's be honest, if it was the Heat, I'd be like, Yo, when's the fucking parade? Like, I, we got yeah. we need floats down Biscayne, we need to do it all. Let's yeah. do it up. So if it, I mean, people are just mad that it's the Lakers and it's LeBron. And I think that's what people are like most. But like, bro, it, it was a tournament. They won a championship. And they won their tournament championship. Like, celebrate. Do do your thing and hang a banner. And like they said, it's going to be one banner. And if they add to it, they'll add the years to it, to the banner. Uh, yeah, they, they won it. They won the first one. And I think I think that's the coolest part is they're, they're going to be able to say they were the first 
franchise to win that uh, in-season tournament. Yeah, LeBron James, you know, being the first MVP of the tournament. This is just so fitting, honestly, to like kind of wrap up his career. We know he's still got a couple of years left, but man, what 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 a way to mark his mark in the NBA and continue to do so, I should say. So shout out to LeBron. Shout out to Anthony Davis for bringing it. You know, hopefully he brings it on the next Wednesday uh, game when they play Utah. You know, they still need that AD. When when how long do you think it takes for them to uh, name the in season tournament MVP the LeBron, LeBron James, James trophy? trophy? Yeah, I was thinking about that as well. Um, I, with respect to the other players, maybe <laughs> maybe next year. You know, it could be <laughs> next year. It could be next year. Um, but but probably in the next few years they'll they'll come up with uh, they'll come up with a little nickname for it. They, they have all these other nicknames for for awards that's chances. what i'm saying yeah they need all the other ones though chances lebron james wins the lebron james trophy in the next three yeah. years he's like it's <laughs> it's literally my trophy wow um live looking dolphins got the ball at the two yard line they drop back they call a pass play they drop back to it gets stripped and sacked and uh titans take over at the five so wow it's still zero zero in the first quarter um, and the Titans, Titans got the ball here now. So I just got to give it to Mostert. Oh, okay. I, I want to okay. be a hater I, in the group chat so bad right now, but I'm not. Real quick. <laughs> it was a, it was a bad snap. He lost the ball on the snap, mm. tried to throw it, got stripped. So it, it's a part, part to a part center fault because two has got to have awareness to kind of just lose that play right there. That's a dead ball. You got to just fall on it, but. Back to the NBA in-season tournament and the Lakers doing their thing. Shout out to them, man. I'm 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 proud of them. And and Tyrese Halliburton is, is we literally throughout this tournament saw a star grow before our eyes. And you know, the whole NBA world now understands who Tyrese Halliburton is. He averaged about 27 and 14 throughout the tournament. Um, and those are just insane numbers. Those are, you know, all NBA MVP type of numbers, not just you know, most improved player uh, or best player on his team or top five point guard. Like, no, this guy is playing at a top five player in the league level right now, and it must be acknowledged. So credit to Tyrese Halliburton. There it is. There it is. Quick trip over to the baseball diamond. As I was mentioning before, Shohei Otani finally declares where he will be playing for the next 10 years. Los Angeles Dodgers, pick him up. June, go over his contract because I, I, I'm i still astounded. Like 600 and 700 mil over, yeah, 700 million. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Austin Powers. Millions of dollars. 680 will be paid out to him at the end. He did defer 680 just to make $2 million a year for the next 10 years. And then we may not see him after those 10 years ever again. He's going to duck off to some island. Yeah, we, we might somewhere. not ever see Shohei Otani <laughs> ever again. But we also might see him and never notice it was him. Mm. Um, I got to say, just $700 million is crazy. Like for any sport, any athlete, I don't care what you contributed to. Not sport. even pitching next year, bro. I don't care what you've done. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm just saying I don't give a damn what your stature is or what you've done. 700 million is an insane number, right? 70 a year. With taxes and all of that, he's going to get like a 33 a year salary. And I must update the Dolphins game. Will Levis just threw a pick six on a third and 11 who had no business throwing at the feet of that defensive lineman. I'm not sure his name because, again, he is a defensive lineman. I believe he's number 92 on the Dolphins. That's a Seatler, Sealer. Uh, so shout out to him. Shout out to the Dolphins getting a pick six there. Back to my Shohei Otani thing. Yeah, man, he's going to get $33 million after taxes. Like, guys in the NBA who are making max contracts are making almost 30 you know, they're making just under 33 million, uh, just over, excuse me, 33 million dollars a year. When you take taxes for guys like James Harden or Kawhi Leonard, who play in L.A., even LeBron James, for that matter. 
that number is coming way down. We're, we, Shohei's at 33 after everything has settled. And again, EP, you pointed out how he's going to defer $680 million of his contract until 10 years later. I mean, we thought Bobby Bonilla, we thought, excuse me here, we thought Bobby Bonilla had it sweet. No. Like, imagine you retire, you've done your work, you now put your feet up, and MLB hits you up like three weeks later, like, yo, listen, we're gonna have that, uh, we're gonna have that $680 million check for you. It's gonna process in about two business days here. You'll have it right <laughs> before the week. Uh, appreciate your service, Shohei. What <laughs> crazy? And I'm gonna let Kev get his thoughts off. That's way later down the line. If we're talking about right now, I mean, listen. The truth of the matter is that it's Mookie Betts, it's Shohei Otani, it's Walker Bueller. I don't know if Julio Urias is going to be a part of this EP, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> well, they can afford him still right now. So yeah, well, with this, Kev, because I I was being funny, but in in all seriousness, I'm not sure how the implications of this contract thing work. As far as him deterring the 680, are is that gonna still go against their payroll for 2023 or, or these years? No. Or how does that work? No. Well, first of all, there's no salary cap in baseball, so what, they could pay him whatever they want. It doesn't matter. True. But True. what what it means is that for these next 10 years, his salary is two million dollars. So he's getting paid two million, which becomes like nine hundred thousand over the next 10 years. So that's his what he's going to get paid every year for the next 10 years is about 900,000 after taxes. Um, now after that 10 years for the next 10 years. So after he's done playing for the Dodgers 10 years after that, he'll get $68 million a year per year for 10 years. So they're done paying his salary. But, you know, his that salary for that two million dollar salary is on the book for the Dodgers this year for the next ten years for Shohei Otani. Wow, we're not going to see the, we're not going to see the effect until we're forty. He yeah. did that so that they could have more flexibility to go sign more players, which a lot of people maybe are like another Japanese player. Correct. A lot of people are speculating that this is where Yamamoto is going to now go because they still have so much money freed up because of this the way that this contract is structured so yamamoto who knows if there's other guys that they're going to go after now but um the whole world baseball is, classic team is, is going to end up in is it yamamoto in, or is it is it juan soto in free agency next year i mean who knows well uh, the only thing i know is that they've been in a world series in the next 10 years at some point you know, in the next, next 10 years. three years well as long as it happens during these years you're paying shohei two million You've got to win. I'll be happy. I'll be happy to see Shohei actually make a playoff. You know what I'm saying? Just be able to see him hit a home run during a playoff series. I mean, he didn't have that luxury playing with, again, the other best player in the game, Mike Trout, for the last six years. It's pretty crazy um, to think about. But he's in a better situation now. The Dodgers are definitely a playoff team every year. I wouldn't consider them a Cowboys as far as how they don't, you know, necessarily win. They do win. They've won recently and. They don't win as much as they probably should for the amount they pay for their their roster annually, but uh, it's more than the Yankees. I'll say that. Um, shout out to the Dodgers, man. This is a win. This is a win for Los Angeles. You can roll your eyes, E, but this is a win for the city of Los Angeles. Um, I, I know that broadcaster what, in Toronto is sick. <laughs> if, uh, if George Steinbrenner was still with us, Shohei would be a Yankee. That's all I know. Well, he's not. <laughs> Any words on uh, Shohei Otani before we get by here? Uh, fuck the Dodgers. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> my, my dad is not going to be too happy when he hears that one. Yo, shout out to you, Pops. Shout out hey, to the Dodgers. But, but if there's, I was I was just going to say real quick. Also, I joked about the Marlins going and getting Shohei. If this was the deal, the Marlins should have try to get in on this because if you just got to pay him two million for the next 10 years and then figure it out when it's all said and done don't do it yeah I, but you know you got to imagine uh, that uh i think and, you had to and, sign him under the pretense that you were going to give him all the money and then i think that he made the decision they'd be the able fact. to they would be able to afford him 
but no, I don't think the money was necessarily the issue there. I I, I just think it's Shohei's Shohei's comfortable in LA. He's made his mark in that market. He wanted to be with the better, you know, LA team, and he he's got it. Like he he's probably just really happy living where he does and and kind of acclimated. Because remember, he's also coming from a foreign country, so him coming from Japan to go to LA was like culture shock in itself. Imagine then going to maybe like another big market. Uh, where he's going to have to, and, you know, that's what comes with the game. That's what comes with making all the money he's making. I'm not giving an excuse, but when you have the power to say, no, I'm good here, I want to do this, and thankfully there's two teams in L.A., and now he was just on the worst one, and now he's on the better one, it kind of, to me, worked out all in his favor. There it is. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, your co-host, my name is Small Town EP, was joined today by Mr. Big Kev and Mr. Heat and Five himself, Wade Julian, see you soon, June. That was the Monday night, real in sports, and we'll see you guys all on Thursday.